I want to follow up on something I spoke about two weeks ago. <clears throat> we sort of started a short series, if you will, uh, called Redemption Story. And um, I see grandparents in the house today, too, man. We got some folks up in here. Mostly, that's what happens when you got kid, uh, kids that have little kids. You got to go see them, man. That day's coming for me. That's exactly right. That day's, I mean, it's several years away, uh, Isaac and Jacob. Well, I mean, they're 20 and 21, but I ain't trying to rush being a papa. I get to be a papa around here plenty. But I want to follow up on redemption story, which was a word I shared uh, a couple of weeks ago. And we love, I said that Sunday, just a, just a bit of a brief recap. We do love stories that redeem. Um, and I had even given an assignment to those of you here, and I realized there's a lot of new faces today, so I don't want to leave you behind. I had actually given the folks here at Dwelling Place an assignment to watch the movie Tangled which I realized risked my masculinity, but it was a movie about redemption. And there was, uh, in, in my estimation, there was just some things about the character Rapunzel in the story that she was meant to be a princess, but she didn't know that. She'd been kidnapped, and the thing that she thought, thought protected her was actually her bondage. And, and anyway, there's this, and, and, but it's that way in a lot of stories. You pick your favorite, and you think about how stories tend to set up. This last week, Isaac kind of conned his mom into watching Megamind, which is also a cartoon I mentioned a couple of weeks ago. But he tried to pretend that it had, um, who did he say was in that movie, Karen? Um, Matthew McConaughey and Sandra Bullock. She, and he was like, it's sort of a romantic comedy. Um, which isn't entirely untrue. I mean, there was, there was that in there. That, that was sort of a part of the plot. But, but it's a story that redeems. And we do. There's a reason we love stories that redeem, I said. Because that's our story. Ours is a story of redemption. In, re, in stories uh, like this, what we see usually is a bit of a backstory. There's a development of characters. And, and there's something there. You start to, as you watch the movie or read the book, you start to hope it will turn out a certain way. And usually in the beginning there's a bit of a bait that says, oh, yeah, this is, this is how. And you start to get a little bit hopeful. And then invariably there's some point of, of tension in the story. Something doesn't go well. And I don't like that part. If I've seen the movie before, I said to you that I usually fast-forward through that part. I'll skip the tension once I've seen it. Um, it's a bit of a plot twist, really. There's always that plot twist somewhere in the story. But then there's a revelation, in, in a good story at least, as far as I'm concerned. There's always a place where there's revelation of real truth. There, in, in the middle of that twist or that tension or even tragedy, somewhere revelation or hope is reborn or birthed. And lead characters have a choice whether they'll choose revelation or truth. And if and when they do, invariably, there's redemption. And that takes us to what I wanted to share about this morning because our life, is, our life story is full of twists and turns. Uh, the plot that makes up our days uh, isn't without its tensions, right? And sometimes it's tragedies. Failure uh, is a part of uh, the life that we live in this fallen world, and we deal with that on a personal level. Um, but the reality is God has chosen to give us, and I would like to say at great cost. I hope we realize that this weekend, certainly, at the Friday that we just passed through and we understand the day of crucifixion and what that might have looked at like. Maybe we don't really, but maybe on some level at least, we were caused to remember the price that he paid to give us the grace to choose Redemption. Do you hear me this morning? Do you understand what I'm trying to communicate right now? What I'm trying to say to you is that at a great price, he gave us an opportunity, the grace to choose redemption. We didn't earn it. We didn't pay for it. 
right? He already paid that in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That deal was done. He made his choice and graced us with an opportunity also to choose. Not something he forces on us, not something that we are made to do. Although I would submit to you that a lot of times God redeems things. Just, he just does it in the hope that it will draw us to him because he loves us. His word to Nicodemus was pretty simple. For God so loved the world that he redeemed it, that he paid the price, the only price that could cover the cost. He gave his only son so that whoever wanted to choose to believe, whosoever believed in him, wouldn't have to perish or live the penalty of sin but could have e eternal life. There's the truth, though. The devil likes to monkey with the script. You know, I mean, God prescripted. We have what we like to call a destiny. There's a divine destiny. We were meant and made to be sons and daughters. Uh, John 1.19, to those who believed in him, he gave the right to be called the children of God. That's our destiny. That's meant to be our story, not without bumps and bruises or, as I said, twists and turns. But even in those, it's God's plan to redeem them, right? But the devil always monkey him with the script, right? I mean, he gets in there and he tries to make you believe it's something that it wasn't meant. No, this is your destiny. This is how this is going to go. This is what you deserve. And so he tries to monkey with the script, make you believe a lie, right? That's who he is. That's what he does. Still kill, destroy. And the reality is sometimes we do miss it. Sometimes we get off point. Sometimes we are deceived. Sometimes we just make our own bad choices. My fault, your fault, nobody's fault. The reality is bad things happen to good people. If you can find any, bad things happen to bad people. Bad things happen to us. Sometimes bad things happen because of us. All right? But the fact of the matter is that's, hear me, that's... Where redemption comes in. Now, you got to listen right now because I'm not going to talk long. Okay? Just give you a little heads up. Don't plan on listening later because this is right now. <laughs> this is the part where redemption comes in. That part where we miss it or the devil messes with us or something bad just happens because we live in a fallen world. Whatever the case is, that's when redemption comes in. And, and he paid to make that happen. And the reality is he endured the betrayal. That's why he came. He came to redeem. You have to understand that today what is right for us to do is to walk in redemption. You want to know the correct response to your failure in light of his great gift of grace? It is to say yes to Jesus and the work of redemption in your life. I had an uncle who went to, uh, well, he went into eternity. Let me just say it that way. Uh, several years ago, and he had never uh, walked with God. In fact, he was belligerently non-Christian. He always said he believed in God. And toward the end of his days, my mom, and a, and my mom is a, a very motivated a witness. She's very motivated. And uh, she went to my uncle and she said to him, and this was my dad's sister's brother, so it wasn't her brother, wasn't even her, her sister's husband or something. And this was, but she cared about him and she went to him and she said, you know, uh, you've got to make a decision for God. You've always said that you did believe there was a God. but And he said to her, he said, Mary, after all of this life, it just wouldn't be right. Be, it wouldn't be right to the good Lord for me to live my whole life not walking with him and now choose to be saved. What a messed up way that is of looking at life. That's so jacked up. Jesus paid such a high price, the only right thing to do. 
The only reasonable thing to do. The only correct response to that gift isn't to say, I don't deserve it and I didn't earn it. Duh. The only correct response is, the only thing he wants from you is to say, yes, Lord. I want to step into that place. And listen, some of you are thinking right now, you're thinking, well, but, but I'm already saved. You know, I already have a redemptive relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm telling you that he cares about salvation. He also cares about circumstance today. Understand this. This could be our text for today. Matthew chapter 18, verses 11 and 12, where Jesus said, Don't you know that the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost? For what man, if he had a hundred sheep, and he lost one, would leave the 99 in a safe place and go back to find that one? I mean, I mention that all the time here because I am, I'm not the 99. I'm the one. We all had to be found. All of us. He came for us. And, and he cares about salvation, but he cares about circumstances. He, he cares enough to save your soul to redeem your soul and to redeem your situation. Maybe there's something in your life today. Maybe you're walking with God. Maybe you're, as we would say, heaven bound. But what about that situation that you think is too much for him to handle? It's just not true. He wants to redeem that. And this morning, I I really want to talk to you. In Redemption's story, there are alternate endings. Isn't it interesting in movies that a lot of times they'll put different endings at the end? I mean, they'll get, you know, you watch it. There's like the original script, but then I don't know why they do this. Maybe they're playing and they just can't decide which one. And then they'll put like a couple of other alternate endings in there, you know, by the DVD. And you can pick a different, you know, rarely ever are the alternates better than the original. What was that? You know, especially once you watch the original. You know, I can say to you that there are alternate endings to the way that our situations, especially in our circumstances, will play out and be lived out in this life. Now, as it relates to eternity, eternal redemption, there are only two choices. There are not alternate endings, there, except to say that there are two possibilities. And I put a piece of paper in your chair today. That wasn't, I probably need to specify this in the second service because there were some people who were acting like, oh man, every chair is reserved. <laughs> no. As I carry on through this word, I want you to think about something in your life today that you need him to redeem. Maybe as we carry through this word in the next 10 minutes, maybe there'll be a moment when even you'll realize that what you need to write on that sheet of paper is just maybe the word me. Maybe there's someone here today and you're not walking in redemption. And maybe me would be the correct Don't write about a world problem. We pray and care about those. Don't write about someone in your family because I would put someone on the top of that list. Okay, I understand that. But this is about something that's personal and is in your life because Jesus cares enough to redeem those things. That's why he endured, endured, as I said a moment ago, the betrayal, the accusation. Can you imagine? None of us like to be accused of what we actually did. I mean, we'll be defensive. Well, but... But to be accused of something you didn't do, to be lied about, or he endured the arrogance. I can only imagine. The moment that he stood even, in fact, before uh, Pilate, the governor, 
Remember? And, he, and as he was before Pilate, and Pilate was trying to decide what to do, and, Pilate, and he was asking Jesus questions, and he essentially said, don't you understand that I have the power of life and death? What arrogance. And maybe that's not how he intended it, but to the king of kings, right? To the creator of everything. And Jesus' simple retort was, I don't, no one takes my life. Except I lay it down. He endured the betrayal, the accusation, the arrogance, and ultimately the crucifixion. Why? In order to redeem. Redemption is a choice. We've been given by grace to choose for every fault and failure, for every heartache and hurt. God wants to redeem that. I think of people like King Saul who had a choice. Saul was chosen king. Um, He was really the people's king. But God tried to grace him for what he had to do. Saul made some pretty egregious errors, not the least of which near the end of his life was that he did something he knew he wasn't meant to do. And he chose to go in before the Holy of Holies and make a sacrifice, which was not for the king, right, but for the priestly office. And in arrogance, he wasn't even repentant. And it, ultimately, he lost his life. But I think about another king that followed him named David, who made an egregious error. Maybe today you're thinking, the mistakes I've made are too much. God can't possibly redeem those. I'm telling you, look at the life of David. Consider David in First and Second Samuel and look at this man's story and, and see how at one point he became so blind. He be, he, the, the plot took a twist and it was honestly mostly his fault. He, he lived in a place of deception and he literally sent a man to the front where he knew that he would likely be killed because he, he wanted his wife and he took her. And even when she was with child, he'd yet to realize his need to repent until the prophet came to him and described to him a scenario that was like the one that he had lived out. And he said, what should we do to that guy? And David was beside himself. Oh, this is the punishment that that man would deserve. To which Samuel retorted, you are that man. I mean, just for a millisecond, try to put yourself in that place. How heavy would you feel? What would your response be? But somehow, somehow David believed so much in who God was. That he didn't run, he didn't, he didn't rebel, he didn't try to kill himself. But he turned, he, he, he went before the throne, he, he begged for mercy. And even after he lost a child, Angie, he came to a place to be known as a man who was after God's own heart because the scripture says that he believed God. And we, we have stories in our own lives. We all have stories in our own lives that have redeemed Situations and circumstances that we had just blown it, that we had messed up. Or other times maybe when, I'll tell you the truth, I, I stood this morning even just trying to think of what I should share about my own personal situation, certainly eternally redeemed, blessed to be saved, right? Ridiculously. But what about even just the situations in my own life? How would I, how would I select a story? And I thought, man, maybe some of the most recent, because sometimes even the situations are like a relational tension or something that happens. And I have to say to you that one of my best friends in the whole world right now is just walking through some of the hardest stuff. Karen's mom, Phyllis, is just a precious person to me. She's just, just a wonderful person, a wonderful human being. And she's going through some really hard stuff. But even just recently... It was Karen and I were coming back from Africa and we didn't call as quick as we should and she was under a lot of stress and she called me. She was really upset. 
and it was hard. I'd never experienced that from her. And, and we had relational tension, maybe for the first time ever. It was just really hard. And I was certainly some to blame for that. And then over the next couple of weeks, man, I was just like, I don't know. She can go off on me like that, though. You know, I know she's going. But then I was, and then I would go to a place where I thought, man, I failed her as a son-in-law. And, you know, I should have done better. I should have talked more and just really battling with that. And all along, just knowing I had to choose redemption. That what God wants to do with those moments in our lives is make us closer and stronger. So a couple of days ago, I called Phyllis. And I said, I love you. I didn't even bring it up. I was asking about how James was doing and whatnot. I mean, Phyllis is just one of the most amazing people you could ever hope to meet. And the enemy don't like us to be close. And she said, I'm sorry about the last time we talked. And I said, we have enough friendship, enough depth in the relationship that all that can do is make us closer and stronger. Because God redeems things, little things, big things. 2006, I was hit by a truck. It's a long story, and I promise I'm not going to tell it today. But I can tell you in that moment, I was just trying to do a good thing. Sometimes even trying to do a good thing, right? Maybe I didn't do the good thing as good as I wanted to do it. I wish I had gotten to that uh, four-year-old little boy before he ran into the highway. I've questioned that. There was even a time when I said, God, if you could have given me one more second... And the Lord said, every moment for the rest of your life is a gift of grace for me. Because when I ran after Caleb and I chunked him out of the way, I didn't make it. And I caught the front end of a Ford F-150. And right now, I still hurt every day. Okay, it's been five years. And I wrote on my piece of paper that in a minute I'll drop in the basket. Pain. Because I believe God will redeem my pain. And in fact, he already did. The driver of the truck was a self-proclaimed atheist who met Jesus that day in the ditch. And if nothing else ever comes from that moment, but the extension of Caleb's life and the dream God has for him. But I believe God redeems things. It's, it's who he is. It's what he does. But we have choice. I think one of the saddest commentaries in the book is the story of Judas. There are those theologians who believe that Judas was predestined to betray Christ. I don't think just because Jesus could prophesy what happened means that he made it happen. And I believe Judas made choices and he made bad ones. And I understand that that was one incredibly heavy burden. And he followed the crowd that night after he had betrayed Jesus, who maybe for a moment he didn't believe was really the Messiah. But somewhere in that moment, as, as the crew was in Annas' house, and then they went to Caiaphas, and they, they, had, they had a kangaroo court in the middle of the night, and even their false witnesses couldn't create enough evidence to condemn Jesus to death. And so the high priest asked him a question, You say that this is who you are. And Jesus himself, in his own words, said, I am the Messiah, essentially. I am the Son of God. And then they gnashed their teeth, and they spat in his face. And in that moment, somewhere in that moment, Judas realized that he had betrayed the Son of God. But I submit to you that the way this story was meant to go was that Judas was supposed to stand alongside Paul as one of the greatest stories of redemption ever told. But in the heaviness of his own failure, 
Instead of receiving the redemption that Jesus paid such a high price for, he threw the coins of gold at the feet of the high priest and he went out and he hanged himself. It's not the choice we have to, nor the choice we were meant to make. As those of you who have heard me often have heard me say, Paul, in the moment he realized that he had been persecuting Christ and Christians and having them thrown in jail and seeing them stoned to death in the moment that he realized that Jesus was the Christ, it would have in many ways made sense that he would have responded like Judas and said, oh my goodness, my whole life has been lived in a lie. And the very thing I hope to perpetuate, I have created chaos and hurt for and against. And, but in that moment, somehow what he saw in the eyes of Christ was forgiveness and redemption. And his retort is what I hope our retort will be. Lord, what would you have me do? Talk about redemption. And maybe in the greatest story of all, uh, Resurrection Sunday, I'll come back and speak in just a moment. The ladies are going to come and dance with The devil thought he had maybe rewritten the script because on Resurrection Sunday, he managed to put Jesus in the ground. I've done it, I'm sure he thought. I would think with some trepidation, seriously. But at least on some level, he thought he had won a great victory. He's dead. I did it. He's dead. But in an alternate ending, which was the original script and intended outcome, Jesus didn't stay dead. Go ahead. You good back there? Wow. Because he's alive, church, we can be redeemed and restored. Karen's dad. I guess I'm missing your parents. Must be a little homesick. Easter's kind of a big day around their house. It's the reason I'm wearing a suit. I wore that for Karen's people. We dress up on Easter at their house. Not so much my house. I wore this tie for you, Phyllis. Jimmy loves old cars. And old car restoration stuff. He's kind of gotten me into that, too. Bentley Radcliffe will probably be here in the second service. Bentley, Bentley loves old cars and restorations. They fascinate me. Those guys, they see an old car in a field. It's got a tree growing through the floorboard. I mean, really. But they don't see what it is. They'll tell you what it is, what it's meant to be, what it's written. That's a 58 Bel Air right there, hard top. Dude, that's an old car with a tree growing through rat trap. I got lots of names for that. They'll take those cars that are just done. The cool thing now is that you can get parts after
aftermarket that are better than original. Jimmy showed me a 58 Bel Air hard top, two door, $60,000. Better than ever. When Jesus sees our mess, some of us, man, we got a treat. never get on the road again. They're crazy. No, I'm the Redeemer. From businessmen to beggars. Bag ladies to beauty queens. We all need restoration. That's who he is and what he does. We have choices. There are alternate endings to our situations, and there are a couple of different endings to our lives. But there's one that was written by the hand of the story maker, the dream giver, the redeemer. There's one. He he wrote one script. Even when we mess it up, he'll redeem it. I think, and as much as the story of Judas is one of the hardest for me, Maybe one of my favorites. It's found in Luke chapter 23, in verse 38. During the crucifixion, Jesus was hung with a highwayman, a robber, or a bandit. The word that translates there means bandit or highwayman. These guys were, they were loathed by everyone, feared by travelers. People traveled in gangs because they would beat you and leave you for dead and steal all of your stuff. These two men, we don't know their story, but we know if they were being hung, okay, they had perpetuated quite a lot of atrocity. One thing, though, I would just say, you can count on the devil always do. I don't know why this is. I know he can hear me right now if he happened to be listening, but he always overplays his hand. goes a little too far and in this story there was a thief on the cross and somehow his hate and his venom and he said to Jesus if you really you got a sign there that says king of the Jews if you are who you say you are who's talking trash won't you come off his cross there's another highwayman a thief on the cross we don't know anything of his history but in as much as we can see and do know we know that it hadn't been good he was destined to die, and he was destined for hell. But in one moment, something in that moment made him aware. Maybe the way that Jesus handled death, maybe the words he whispered about forgiveness for those who cast lots for his coat, I don't know. But something made this man aware. And he said, don't you? I mean, we are here for the same fate that he faces, only we deserve it and he doesn't. And he looked at Jesus. You just see the alternate ending. I mean, the devil had this. This was this. This one was almost played out, almost complete. And somehow the man got a got a quick view of the original script, and he liked that ending better. And he says, "Remember me." Where did this faith come from? Father, except the Spirit draws him. He's on the cross dying. 
he's still drawing. Because it's who he is. And Jesus says, are you kidding me? After all, you... I can't even finish that sentence. It's such heresy. He says, I tell you the truth. Today. God's redemption story. We get to choose. We practice open communion. So we would just ask you to search your heart and see that it's right with God. And that's a prayer you can pray with communion in your hand. And Jesus, in the night before that he was taken away, before he was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body. And as often you receive it, remember me. And this is my blood. Go ahead and start passing, guys spilled poured out for you oh, thanks that's a good plan and you can just receive it as you I'm going to pray over the art just let me pray over and then you're welcome to just take the articles as you receive them and Lord in this moment we thank you for your broken body and for your blood that was poured out for the remission of our sins God for the redemption of our lives and our stories for our souls and our situations, a provision for salvation and circumstance. And today, with humble hearts, Lord, we receive, uh, Lord, just what you gave to the disciples, what you've given to us, your blood and your body. And Lord, with thankful and grateful hearts, right, we receive it. Lord, let it be applied to who we are. All of who we are. In Jesus' name, amen.
trusting God to redeem this morning. And then I'm going to ask you. Yeah, I know. It could be a lot of things. I want it to be personal. I want it to be, want it to be specific to you. I want you to bring it at your... <clears throat> these guys are going to sing a song over us. And the song, I think the words will be up. See, Walt, can you put those words up as well? But the song that they're going to sing over us is a relatively new song. You may have heard it by James. <clears throat> is it James Gray? That <laughs> don't sound right. Jason. Jason. Okay. I was like, wow, we got a James Gray. That James write a song. <clears throat> and it just simply says, I am, I am new. So, yeah. I know some of you, this may be a bit odd or different, but I'm just going to ask you to do this. And then you can find a place to pray or you can go back to your seat, whatever is in your heart to do. If you need prayer, if you want someone to pray with you, after you place your um, paper in the basket, I would just ask you to stand, find a place to stand across the front, and that will alert us that you want us to pray with you. If you'd rather just pray just want to transact on the grace of God either back at your seat or up at the front then just kneel and that would say to us you just want to see God time we're okay with that too so I'm just going to ask you to begin to step out as they begin to sing and bring that thing and when you put it in the basket could you just do this could you just leave it there